Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that is back, uh, much like needed wide receivers. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And we are going to sit down somewhere comfortable in the zone and just wait for you to throw us the football. Uh, and we'll get to that short, in short order. Uh, but first, it's we none have... none of your goddamn business whether I got a shot. <laughs> that was perfect. Well done. Well done. Um, and uh, we will get to that. Speaking of shots, uh, Matt Milano delivered quite the shot to Mike White. Damn near separated him from his astral form in a 20-12 to 12 victory <laughs> over the Jets at home. Um, scrappy, the word of the day. Uh, much to our uh, our delight, the Jets did not um, fulfill Scott's prophe- prophecy um, of of the Jets winning a game, but they they did uh, uh, they looked they looked uh, frustrating. I think frustrating is the right word for the Jets. Um, they certainly do uh, a handful of things well, um, but they didn't do enough of them well this week to beat the the Bills, um, who improved to ten and three, and coupled with a handful of other things happening um they are now uh, a, a game and a half ahead of the dolphins they remain tied record wise but ahead of the chiefs for the number one overall seed and the jets are are the jets out of the playoffs looking in right now because new england won is that correct yes, yes they okay. are although hilariously according to new york times they have better odds of making the playoffs than new england even though new england's a team in the seventh seed right now right that's just a thing that happens yep. with the internet. The Bills can can um, clinch their playoffs uh, spot this week with a win over the Dolphins. They can't clinch the division yet. Um, but before we get into all the futures, let's let's dissect the past. The Bills, um, you know, took a seven nothing lead into the half. Uh, the Jets answered on the other end, and then it was kind of mostly Bills from there on in. Um, you know, they they played a grinding sort of game. They, you had a, a Josh Allen. 147 yard day passing and a touchdown but no turnovers he had a touchdown passing and rushing um, which is always good for the bills uh not an explosive day by anyone up to and including steph diggs who you know three catches 37 yards certainly seems that um and you know sauce gardner overall sort of he might be that guy he might be a Darrell revis type now he might have to kind of sort of count on him being good or at least allowed to be um uh what am I trying to say? Hold hold the ball. But why don't I turn it over to Paul so I can quickly call my mother on the other line because she just called. And, Paul, why don't you go ahead and let us know your thoughts about the Jets game? All right, absolutely. First of all, hi, Frank's mom. Uh, second of all, yes, yeah, Scott, even though he didn't pick the winner of this game, I felt had a good read on what to expect from this game. I will say straight up that I do not want to see the Jets in, in the playoffs. I think this is not a great match. <laughs> For the Bills, you know, we had the injury excuse a little bit last time, the loss. This time, they were really only missing among the key players, Von Miller, and they'll be missing him for the playoffs anyway. So this is just a team that is built in a way with, you know, Garrett Wilson able to, you know, challenge a still recovering Tredavious White, even though he did play 100% of the snaps. And with uh, Sauce Gardner, with a generally just good defense overall, they posed some issues. I can't remember the last time the Bills had, I think it was something like 232 yards of offense in this game. Uh, so this was a slog, but I'm not, I'm happy with the win. You, this is three games in a row against your division. It was a stretch. It was your first game 
at in Buffalo in Orchard Park in, in over a month. So you you end up, you know, in, in just a, a back and forth, ugly punting scenario for the first 10 drives of the game. Takes you forever to get your foot in. Isaiah McKenzie's dropping every potential chance to convert third downs. And things aren't going your way. But at the end of the half, you get your score. Then you immediately give one up at the beginning of the next half. Then you immediately respond to that. Then you get another field goal. And, you know, they, it was just a burst, really a burst from the late, uh, the end of the second quarter up to the beginning of the fourth quarter. But sometimes that's enough. You know, the Bills' defense, I think, played very well with the exception of third and longs. They could not seem to stop a third and long to save their life. I think the Jets are converting almost 50% of their third downs. I think the offensive line is the one thing I want to keep an eye on. Uh, Joe Biscali at The Athletic did analyze all their performances and talked about how Spencer Brown's season is mirroring last year where he was solid for about two-thirds of the year and then just seemed to fall off a cliff. He's doing that a bit again. Dawkins played fairly well but committed three holding penalties, uh, which is never a, a good sign. Saffold just continues to, to disappoint. And then, you know, Ryan, Ryan Bates got hurt and they don't have much depth behind him. So all of those, I think, are the concerns I would take from this game going forward and things that I worry we could see recurring in the future but division games are weird and division games are often ugly I wanted to look into how many times the Bills were leading the Patriots or competing with Patriots teams they had no business being in the games with uh during that ugly stretch from 03 to 2017 or 2019 or so and I'm sure there are many of them so the Jets are a competitive team uh again Frank said scrappy I'll I'll say scrappy as well Scott will use that word too I'm sure and yeah I was glad to escape with the win and you know uh, again as I end all my analyses of the game uh, on to Miami yeah I mean no Paul did a really good job summing up a lot of the, the key points I think yeah I, I agree like yes this this definitely yeah it's it's a bit of the shades of yeah there was always like one game that the Bills were in against the Patriots where they'd hang around and keep it close and kind of make the Patriots work for you know three three quarters maybe before the they'd get away and then there'd be one game that would be a complete blowout. I don't think, I don't think this is that because I think this Jets defense is sufficiently good that you can't just kind of excuse it away as well, the bills didn't play well. Cause I think yep. they didn't play well. That is true. Um, there were, there were, um, you know, and the weather um, I think was part of that, um, you know, a little bit, but some of it was, some of it was the guys, you know, McKen like Paul said, McKenzie dropping passes, um, Allen, Allen missing throws in the first half, you know, things that normally he hasn't done. I will say, again, I agree with Frank. Um, for me, that what we talked about in the group chat after was the turnovers were the difference between this game and the first game. Um, <laughs> you know, the first game, obviously, two, you know, absolutely critical, you know, kind of red zone turnovers. You know, one, you know, maybe you make a good play, you know, you put it, you give it to the Jets. One is, you know, a, a bad decision by Allen to push things when he can't. Um, but regardless, they happened. And that that was that was pretty much the difference. Whereas in this game, it was it was the Jets with the turnovers. Um, I think I think uh, that shows how close the, the two teams are. And I don't think that's a talent level per se, because I think the Bills are clearly the more talented team. I think it is a bit of sometimes teams. I don't want to say just have your number, but they they have the correct scheme and personnel to throw off what you do well and make you make you work hard. Whereas other teams pose different challenges that maybe you're 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 better suited for dealing with. Um, I'll also point out that the Jets also had 
another injury in this game with the with um, Wilkins going out in the, I think the beginning of the second half. Um, so you don't you know it might have been a different game if he's if he's still in it um, with really tough again tough injury luck for the Jets this year. I know the Bills obviously we feel like we're we're on the short end of the stick with Hyde obviously being out for the year and now Miller as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jets have at least three starters that are out for the year um, for for longer. So it's it's um, you know they're they're going to be complaining too, but. Um, yeah, no, I mean, again, like I'm, I'm pleased with the with the fact that they were able to, again, kind of maintain the mental toughness, maintain the focus. We didn't see Allen kind of get that mental thing where he feels like he has to put everything on his back and try and make make perfect plays or make plays completely out of the system on a regular basis. You know, you can, you know, he can get away with a couple of those plays a game, but if he has to do 10 or 15 of them, they're not all going to work out the way that you want. Um, and that I feel like was one of the things that was happening in the in the stretch where where he was having the ball turnover more and the Bills weren't ending up scoring enough points. Um, but with, with him now playing a little more within the system, I think that's helped. And then I'll just end by talking about the defense. Um, I was really pleased with the, the pass rush. Obviously the Jets um, you know, had their own offensive line problems, again, with two of their starters out. Um, but obviously we still needed the guys to step up who did with Rousseau, Oliver, um, Shaq Lawson to a lesser extent. Obviously Milano and Edwards continuing to play well. Um, you know, the run defense still not not kind of where it needs to be. Uh, again, the bets the Jets were allowed to kind of continue to pound away with with what's his name Zonovan Zonovan that's his name right Zonovan Knight, um, mm-hmm. who had 17 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, you know, a, a, a no name running back kind of starting to put it together, um, which is again not not great for the Bills defense long term. I mean, I think that's the thing is, um, you know. I think Frank always says like he's willing to take his chances with the team that wants to play good defense and run the ball. Um, I, I think in, I think that's, it's a, for me, it's if they're getting four yards a carry, I don't care because in the old school, four yards a carry would have meant you're going to win the game. If you had a decent defense, because that was enough to keep you on schedule and your quarterback could do enough and they weren't going to score a touchdown every time. I think a little get I, I do get more concerned when teams are able to rip off six seven yards a carry. That's when you're at the point of okay, well now you're you're they're going to score every time running the ball and they're going to eat the clock. So now you do need to be perfect. Um, the Jets didn't quite get there in the run game, but if for a while it definitely felt like we were we were having trouble stopping the run, which is still concerning. Um, but there's only so much we could do because there's just not enough talent out there. Um, you know, we did what we could to, to fix the defense. We brought in Miller. He's injured. That was the big bet. I agree. It's more important to try and rush the passer in this league than to stop the run. We're going to, you know, you take your risks where you can, but I think um, it's still a concern. Um, but, you know, again, solid win. Yeah, on to Miami. Um, just briefly, the Bills are fourth in run defense this year. Um, so not too many teams are actually doing better than them against the run. Um Okay, uh, but is that because teams get behind against the Bills' offense and have to throw, or is that because the run defense is actually good? I think it's because the run defense is actually kind of good. I mean, it's 77 yards in the last .3 yards average in the last three games. Um, You know, and it's I wouldn't say that at any point the Bills were, like, way ahead of the Jets and the Jets had to change what they had to do. I don't think that's even happened in the last two months, you know? Like, they've either lost games or won close games, more or less really in the last two months i think the run defense is good i think the run i right now they're averaging teams are averaging 99.8 yards a game against them 
and that's four. That's good for fourth. It's under 100 yards. The only teams better are Tennessee, Baltimore, and San Francisco. San Francisco is sort of, you know, unworldly. Um, I think that— In terms of yards per carry, they're ninth. What is that? They're ninth in yards per carry defense. I guess, that's but, not... like— Okay, that's still top 10. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's still top 10. Yeah. That's still fairly decent. It's better than they, that's top 10, really. But I'm going to keep right. looking until I... stats— I'm, I'm gonna keep looking until I find stats that prove that. <laughs> okay, well, you keep looking. Yeah, um, certainly at home they seem to give up more yards than on the road uh, rushing. I'm, I'm seeing that. And one they right they now. did have a crap three game stretch earlier this year against the Jets and Vikings, and then one other team where they gave up like three straight hundred yard rushers and just right. did not look good. Uh, I will say that I think you know I still sort of tend to believe that like I'm gonna take my chances against the this kind of team. I think that the Jets represent sort of. You know, probably San Francisco would be the best example, and I think the Jets are pretty close um, to what the the Niners do. Like they they obviously have better offensive weapons than Niners, but you know they're running a third string quarterback out there, and it really is about frustrating the other team defensively and 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 playing very you know hard um, nosed football offensively. I just think that you know for every Joe Flacco Super Bowl. There's six Tom Brady Super Bowls, um, and that's just sort of been the deal. And I think that on any given Sunday, uh, you want to have the team that could be more, uh, you know, consistently passing. I think, you know, for me, the big thing is there's a little bit of weather. There's definitely, um, you know, McKenzie and Knox have not filled the void that Cole Beasley, frankly, left behind. Um, you know, that like that hasn't been filled. Uh, and if there was some way to get Cole Beasley back on the team, they should do it. Uh, but for now, it's like, you know, th- they hit those guys in the hands. They 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 get it close. There's all sorts of footballs that those guys got to have to catch. And, and McKenzie's had great games, but he never puts it all together. You know, apparently it's a really hard thing to do to find a soft spot in the zone and sit down and make a catch, um, which is just like a skill set that's really important when you plan on throwing the ball. They don't really do the five wide anymore. So I've had to adjust my thinking, and I'm glad the Bills have adjusted their thinking that, like, okay, you know, we don't have actually the horses to run the passing offense that we want to. It's going to have to be more run-oriented. You know, now can Naeem Himes, you know, with a you know full six, eight, nine games in the system, by the time the playoffs are wrong, can he really do something? What, or, or James Cook, can they pick up some of that slack? I, I think they're really hoping so. Um, but, you know, you don't have – I was watching – uh, Chargers Dolphins and you don't really have Austin Eckler you right he that that guy really sort of does have a dynamic impact on what that offense does and and we don't really have that guy you know we've got the Keenan Allen we've got we've got the we, we've got the outside guys and we've got the quarterback and I think we're even doing better with the quarterback than Justin Herbert no, no disrespect to Justin Herbert he's a great quarterback um but I we don't have the that like that that safety blanket, that release valve that we we had. And so it really sort of puts the pressure on the defense and it leaves you in these games where, you know, you can't get Sauce Gardner off of digs because they're never going to have to adjust what they're doing. And so I think they played a really intelligent game. I think they played a very hard game. I think they were frustrated by the Jets' defense. And my big hope is that, one, the Jets are the Jets – and two, defense is one of those things that is less sustainable than offense over time. You know, uh, uh, by and large, def- defenses fluctuate with how good they are. 
Um, and so I would hope that ultimately the, the, the Jets can't maintain this level of defense. And even if they do, you know, you know, hopefully, frankly, they're, they're, they're saddled with uh, kind of mediocre to, to bad quarterback play uh, for the years coming. Because, yes, they would be really dangerous if they had any semblance of an offense. Um, that could push the ball. You know, uh, Garrett uh, Patterson, right? He, he was pretty good. Wilson, I, right? Wilson yeah. excuse me, yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he's pretty good. Um, you know, they, they have some weapons. They, they are not entirely uh, bereft of weapons. So for me, they're kind of, they're kind of there with the Dolphins uh, more so than, the, than the, the Patriots, who I think are a real fucking tire fire, more or less. <laughs> Even still, even even though they'd make the playoffs if the season ended, even today, if this, yeah, yep. but it's not going to end today, and so no. they're, you know, I would expect them not to. In any event, the Jets fall to seven and six. The Bills go to ten and three. I think for me, the Jets feel like that Indianapolis team from last year, which obviously blew them out. It was different, but it felt like the bad matchup team that mm-hmm. other teams could beat, but like for some reason, the Bills matched up terribly against them. And I think if the Jets had like slightly more competent quarterback play. They would, they would be a real danger. But as it stands, they're just sort of like a frustrating team. And, uh, you know, the good news is I think they still have uh, a game against – I think they're all done playing Miami, but they have a game against New England, and we'll see if they can throw some monkey wrenches around in the coming weeks. But for now, why don't we do three stars? Very well. There will be um, a few in this game. Um, honorable mention to Dawson Knox. Nice to see him playing for the Bills. Um, very nice of, of Tony and Jim to say that he was he was doing a great job blocking for the Bills recently, which you know I'm sure is true. But also <laughs> I don't you know when when we're when we're having the problems on offense that that Frank's pointed out and Paul pointed out where we, you know we're having trouble consistently getting guys. Uh, yeah, when you're when your second open. contract. Uh, tight end that's supposed to help in the passing game is a great blocker. That's a problem, <laughs> right? Just that's just bring back Lee Smith and pay him five hundred thousand right. dollars to do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So so that's that's but but he showed up, got the touchdown, four catches, forty one yards. Um, excuse me. Honorable mention also goes to Zonovan Knight, which great name. Mm-hmm. Seventeen carries, seventy one yards, and a touchdown, um, and two catches for six yards. Uh, Garrett Wilson, six catches for seventy eight yards. Let's see. I'm also, I think that was, yes, I think that is the honorable mentions. Um, I'm going to give, uh, it was the third star goes to uh, Mike White, 27 of 44, 268 yards. Um, it says three sacks for 30 yards. I think it means three sacks for 30 ribs broken. Yeah. Because um, he definitely had the worst of, you know, um, when you get taken to a, like, really, like, you can't, if you're like, we should take him to the hospital after this game, he shouldn't be playing it. That's what I said. That's what I completely said on Twitter. I was like, how did we go from he can finish this game to, but go get checked out at the hospital after? Like, did did anyone notice after the second hit, he was literally flailing his legs in the air while he was lying on the ground? That is... <sighs> You are in so much pain, you cannot even express it with screams when you are doing that. And you have yeah. to like, yeah, that's all right. Just come out in a couple more series. We'll give you, we'll, we'll put Joe in there for a little bit and then just come back. Come on. That said, he, I, I, he deserves this star. He has, as the kids say, he has the dog in him. Uh, that was a, a gutsy-ass performance by him. 
Yes. Told multiple Jets fans this week that I think he he earned a lot of respect from Bills fans in terms of just being an NFL football player and 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 putting it on the line for his team. And I, I guarantee you, like, not to put it all on the, the Jets coaching staff, I'm sure that that Mike White was like, "Yeah, this hurts a lot, but we have a chance to win this game. I'm the right. best guy to go out there, so let me let me get out there and I will try and win it." Yeah. To his credit, Joe Flacco, like, I think Joe Flacco had like a negative one half a point EPA or whatever in two plays, like a absolute mm-hmm. record setting, <laughs> terrible three plays sure. or whatever he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So Mike White, uh, did again, not, not a great game, obviously, you know, had, had some issues uh, on third down specifically and some other things, but the, but, uh, but obviously the toughness gets you a long way. So second, uh, second star goes to uh, Greg Rousseau. Who, um, you know, again, like we talked about before the game, that we needed him to kind of be the be the guy who steps up here, former first round pick, all the physical tools to be uh, an all time great defensive end. You know, uh, guy out of defensive end central casting. You know, six six, huge wingspan. Um, you know, fast, athletic. Um, you know, was he? You know, already been a good good rush defense, rush defender, but could he? Could he figure out a way to turn it into pass rush wins, pressures, sacks, everything else? Um, and we, we we basically saw it on Sunday. I mean that that was. I mean I think there's still more that we could see from him, which is great. Um, and obviously, you know, Miller gets some of the credit in terms of um, taking him to school for the first 11 weeks. In terms of this is how a professional All Pro Hall of Famer, um, you know, does it. You know, Rook, but. Basically, um, second year, second year. but still, but obviously Rousseau gets the credit today. Um, two tackles, two sacks, uh, tackle for loss, the pass affection on the on this on the screen pass, the forced fumble. Um, did he recover it as well, or did somebody else get it? Uh, good question. I, I think Daquan Jones recovered the fumble. Daquan Jones got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was, but yeah. So that was. It was nice to see um, Rousseau kind of put it all together and. Obviously, we're just going to need we're going to need a lot more um, going forward. So, first star then goes to Matt Milano, nine hey. tackles, um, uh, one tackle for loss, two pass deflections, one of your your bone crushing hits for the game, um, but definitely a uh, again like in the run day in the run game in the in the secondary rushing the passer. Um, you know, we need the defense to, you know, I think we talked on Sunday, you know, this, this game was really won by the defense, you know, obviously 20 points is not normally enough. Um, is not what this team is designed to do, not mm-hmm. how we built the team to win games, but certainly um, good enough to, to win this game um, based in part off of um, the performance by Milano, but many others um, as well. So those are your, those are your three stars. I love it. I think that's a, well-balanced and perfectly correct three stars. Weird did not see Josh in there during a Bills win, but I think that's the right goal. Notable, notable non-inclusion. Again, not a a terrible game, but, uh, you know, 16 to 27 for 147 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Yes, the 10 carries and 47 yards on a a touchdown, that's nice to to see, nice to have. But, um, you know, not, 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 not quite star material. Right, very very Tarot esque uh, type of stat line. But hey, like mm-hmm. I'm glad that this, that's more or less the exception, 
you know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bill's news. Um, oh, we did. I, Paul, you probably mentioned it um, that Trey White had played 100% yep. of the snaps. Okay, good. Okay, I wanted to make sure we got to that. Um, very good to see. Okay, so uh, the Bills, they signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad, and I think they signed him to the practice squad, and he's going to play Saturday. Um, there is definitely a high chance he's going to play. I'm pretty sure tomorrow we're going to see a practice squad elevation that he's coming up to the team because he was basically practicing with Josh Allen and everybody else this week, and they all feel comfortable with him, and I think they're just going to get him some snaps, and hopefully the uh, security blanket will be there. Hopefully it adds as a nice wrinkle that the Dolphins haven't really thought about in a year, and they'll have to, you know, figure out how to adjust for that. I will, you know, obviously Beasley, you know, we had said plenty of times last year, like he had definitely slowed down and lost a step, but at this point, you know, their plan to replace him uh, with McKenzie and with Crowder. Crowder's not really their fault. They obviously identified a guy and he injured himself. Um, but that didn't really pan out. So they've gone back to get the band back together. And we had an interesting question posed by listener Scott, um, listener <laughs> contributor Scott, who wants to know how many wide receivers are going to be on the playoff roster. And I think that's a, an interesting question. Why don't we and go through are... and we should identify the one. I mean, it should, it'll be, you know, it'll be Diggs and, and Davis, right? That's one and two. And then I would have a hard time thinking they're going to leave McKenzie off, even though he's been a disappointment, but I don't know. So right. though, though, though plausible, I, I think we could even start with a base of two and see where we, who okay, we have. I'm going to pull up there. the Bills roster and we'll... Yeah. We're going to. Uh, Shakir's go... the other guy who's been. And Shakir hasn't even been active all games this year either. He's been active no. more recently. Uh, I think so we're going to start with the rules. The rules should really be we don't know actually what anyone's injury status really is. Right. We know that Crowder was hurt. We know that Brown is, is getting back in. Smoke Brown played, played for the Bills on Sunday, by the way, was targeted. Um, and then we know Beasley's coming in, you know, obviously was, was out. Um, Crowder technically could be in there but um yeah so you have Shakir. here I, I got the list up let me let me start from the bottom we're going to start with the practice squad and you guys let me know i mean i think we can rule out tanner gentry i think that's mm -hmm. you know and then on the practice squad you've got cole beasley and john brown and i and think you have Keyshawn johnson and Keyshawn, right the other yeah. Keyshawn johnson i think yeah. we can rule out Keyshawn, unfortunately um, unless he's like a Duke uh, Duke Williams secret weapon. Remember when there was that was going to yep. be the secret playoff weapon? Um, but you got Brown and Beasley, right? So if you bring them up, you have to move other people. Other people have got to go. Um, on injured reserve, you have Jake Kumarau and Jamison Crowder. I feel like Crowder... I feel like this is a lost year for Crowder on the Bills. I don't... I forget what his his thing is but i think even if he start if he gets healthy at this point i don't know that you bring him in because he hasn't done anything with the team you don't know where he fits or if he fits i think that that's you know it's different with brown and beasley because Allen has a familiarity with them versus crowder who i don't know i i'm gonna say crowder even if he's healthy doesn't come back and i feel the same way about jake kumaro i don't even think jake, i think jake kumaro's injury was pretty pretty much an end of the year deal um, and then we have Shakir McKenzie, Diggs, and Davis. So, 
I think they're going to bring five wide receivers. I do. I think it'll be Davis Diggs. I think it'll be McKenzie. And I think it will be um, Beasley. I, that's projection on my part. I think Beasley will fit. I'm hopeful that he will fit and it will work. And then it's going to be Brown or Shakir, depending on who they think shows more. It, you know, I think that's what I would say. I would say five. All right, Paul. All right. So I largely agree with Frank, but I'm going to have six. I'm going to agree entirely on Tanner Gentry, Keyshawn uh, Johnson, John Brown. I'll note he's been up for two games. He's done nothing to me to make me think that right. he should be part of the – he's going to be any sort of difference maker come the playoffs. Um, and I, I also agree with Frank. I think Jake Kumarow's injury, especially hearing McDermott talk this week and, and Brandon Bean, likely a season ender is the impression I get, so we can rule him out. So the six I'm going with, I think you have Diggs and Davis. And then I would put third, I would put Beasley. In fact, it would not surprise me based on how he performs – uh, in the coming weeks, if he ends up being elevated to the active roster uh, and, and someone else drops off. There was some good analysis on, on cover one, I think it was, that even though he has certainly lost a step, he has been much better about getting in the right spot and making more catches per game than we've seen McKenzie be able to make in that same position, even if he doesn't have a lot of speed anymore to do anything with it once he gets them. So I have Beasley three. I think McKenzie Makes it his fourth. I think he's he'll go back to being the gadget weapon, which he was better in that role than he's been in the you know uh, permanent role he's been given after Crowder's injury. <clears throat> I think Shakir gets some playoff time. I think they'll they'll think he can offer something. And then I'm gonna my upset pick, if you will, is gonna be that Jameson Crowder is gonna be back. I think uh, from listening to them talk, it looks like he might be on track to be healthy by the playoffs i really wanted to say odell beckham on this one by the way guys trying to see with crowd <laughs> that's right we I, totally forgot I, to say he could that be is guy. no that yeah. that is that was my that was my 11th hour trick question where uh, where is beckham on your list right where, where would he fit and who does he who does he kick off right and if i i say so if beckham so yeah if beckham does come back on my list i think that knocks off crowder of course and i think the other two guys, you could, you know, maybe maybe he knocks off Shakir too, or makes Shakir becomes an inactive for the playoff game. Yeah, I think I think McKenzie's the first guy for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's the, I mean Crowder, but because Crowder has been injured. But then it's I think it's yeah. McKenzie over Shakir because they yeah. know what they have in McKenzie, and I think Shakir is still, you know, a rookie that they're is unknown. He's still protected, right? Yeah, he's cheap. Squad and yeah, McKenzie's going to make like. Losing. Two and a half million dollars next year, I think. Like he's a cut casualty, absolutely, a hundred percent. So anyway, sorry. My my list. Paul, did you get yours? I think we got. Yep, mine is full. Diggs, Davis, Beasley, McKenzie, Shakir, Crowder. I think I'm at. I think I'm at five. I think it's Diggs and Davis, and then um, three for me is is McKenzie. I think they're going to keep McKenzie. Okay. I think Shakira is four, and then I think I think it comes down to Beasley and Brown. I think it'll be I think it'll be Beasley just because Brown Brown doesn't get there. But honestly, I would not be surprised if it's Crowder right instead of Beasley, just because I, I honestly like I'm not sure that Beasley has it. Anymore. I'm not sure what level of desperation is in this move that it's just like. Um, as Frank was kind of alluding to in, in a text, I don't know, Frank, I don't know what your source was, but 
sounded like Alan just go get Beasley. Um, you know, he's available. Um, I don't know that that's a, you know, you take a flyer on him, you bring him into camp. You, you, if he, if it works out great, if he doesn't, you cut him and you move on. Um, I, I think I'm not, I obviously hope it works out and he catches the, you know, the winning touchdown of the Super Bowl, but um, that would be awkward. Um, but uh, I think, I think that this could just be a desperation move. Uh, we need depth. We're not sure if we're going to get Beckham. So let's just go ahead and bring in Beasley and see what we got. I don't think there's a guarantee that he's on the roster for the playoffs. So that's it. Okay. Sorry, we had a stranger danger moment at our front door, and I had to remind my child not to answer the door to people she doesn't know. Jehovah's Witness? No, it was actually Odell Beckham Jr. Really weird. Oh. He was... Yeah, he got lost again. He, he fell asleep did. on the on the plane. Fell asleep and, on the plane again. Um, yeah. For the record, I don't think that I don't think he's coming to Buffalo. I don't, I'm not sure he's going to play anywhere. Um, personally, but um, anyhow, okay. Uh, the other big injury, uh, Ike Butker. Uh, the practice window closes this week for right, him. His 21 would, day. Yeah, uh, I was say, normally that's not even worth mentioning as news, but with the uh, injury to Bates and not having much depth there and Saffold underperforming, yeah. Now you suddenly wonder if this guy's going to be your playoff starter at guard. Well, you know, and I think it's uh, to me, I, all you have to do is is be healthier than Bobby Hart. <laughs> and, and I think he, I think he makes it, you know, if he can, if they feel like he can at some point, like just play, then yeah, I think Bobby Hart's the first guy to go. And he's at the, you know, even, even if those other guys do play, he's going to be the, the, the guy off the bench. Cause he's, you know, he's had his moments and, and he knows the system and he should be reasonably fresh if, if he can, if he can play. Um, so, you know, what do you, any disagreement there or. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I think the question is, is where does he fit on the depth chart? But I think there's enough um, that he, there's enough that he slots in. That yeah, I think either Hart ends up off, off the list, or, or uh, you know, I, I guess I mean, he's probably behind Saffold, behind Bates, and behind Morse. Um, yeah. But then is he the is he the number four? I guess probably. Probably. I guess is it is it um, who's the it's Von Von Van Roten right is the backup center right yeah now? yeah because Van Roten Van Roten yeah. will be starting on Saturday with Bates out so right yeah and I think we can I all agree like... that you know there's some question on whether Butker should replace Saffold I think we would all and maybe I'm wrong I think we would all like Butker ahead of Van Roten assuming Butker is yes. close to what he was you know last year in the last couple of years you've also got Justin okay. Murray. Um, another guy I completely forgot about. My, right. I had a Xavier Ruins moment until you said that name. Yeah, you know, uh, David Questenberry. Yeah, I think if I think if he can go, they need they need the bodies. I think that's what it'll come down to. Is he's he's a body. He's a body who knows what is going on, and if he's healthy enough to play, they're gonna want him to play. Okay. Um. But we will find out, you know. I think it, they hadn't even necessarily ruled him out for – I don't know that he would play this week, but I think that, like, they have to decide by Saturday. I think that's his 21st day or something. So we'll find out pretty quickly. Um, the playoff picture, NFL playoff standings. There you go. Um, 
and I will go to NFL.com, where it shows that the Buffalo Bills, of course, uh, are first amongst equals, uh, tied with the Jets, but first overall. Um, they're playing the Dolphins, and the Chiefs are playing the Texans. So, you know, better win this game against the Dolphins for a couple of reasons. Um, then you got the Ravens third, the Titans fourth, the Bengals fifth, the Dolphins sixth, the Patriots seventh with the Chargers and Jets really the only other bubble teams that can make a difference with regards to the seventh spot but the seven and six titans there is actually danger with regards to the jacksonville jaguars <laughs> who have come on as of late and i love chaos i love a them. little bit of chaos and this is that chaos I love. so go ahead and talk to us about chaos paul go ahead yeah i mean this is if you watch that Jaguars-Titans game, any of it, and I watched only a little bit of it because it wasn't the local game, so I just caught some of the, the highlights. But, you know, it was one of those watching it. You're like, boy, Titans really seem to be going downhill. And if you look at the, the Jaguars uh, games for the rest of the season, you know, they're 5-8. and eight. I would not be surprised if they finish 8-9. and nine. Um, You know, they've got the, the Jets and Texans winnable games for them. We've, they've already been the Titans. They're playing them at home. I think the Cowboys is a tough ask, but the Jaguars are home for that game. Um, so it is a bit uphill for them, but all of a sudden their odds of winning the division went from uh, approximately 1.5% uh, five weeks ago to 10%. Uh, and the Titans have really drifted. And the Titans have to go to the Chargers. They they should have a gimme against the Texans, we never know. Then they have the Cowboys. So this could be, this could be and I remember Frank once when it was 2008 and I was rooting for... Uh, the Rams make it over the uh, Seahawks. Then Frank is like, "No, I want the I want the you know seven and nine, six and ten team, whatever they were, to make the playoffs and cause chaos." And what happened? The Seahawks made the playoffs, and then they beat the Saints on the famous beast mode run. And that's when I adopted Frank's view that this sort of chaos is great. So let's hope that that happens. Also, I wouldn't mind the Bills having to play the the Jaguars at some point. <laughs> Vengeance for last year. So, yeah, that's so my take. <laughs> um, I can't, you know, I think it's worth noting that the Eagles uh, have clinched a playoff spot. They they certainly have a lot of wins. Good for them. Um, but I'm not really paying attention to the NFC very much. I don't know about you guys. And then really, until the division square, I, I sort of need to know what the Chiefs are doing. But I can't really think in terms of beating the Chiefs out yet. Does that... Jibe, Scott, does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, 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 yeah, I mean, you, you understand you've got to, every goal has the series of goals. And, um, you know, in, in college football, it's always, you know, first thing is you want to be bowl eligible. You want to get to, to 500 or better, um, you know, win, win the seventh game or the eighth game that assures you're going to have a, a over 500 season. And then you worry about winning your division if you're in a conference with divisions. And then you worry about your conference. And then after that, you worry about, you know the national championship, and you can't get one without the other. It's the same thing here. Bills have to have to clinch the playoffs first. Um, then they have to win the division, and then they have to keep winning and try and get the 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 whole the whole the first seed, the, the ballet, the whole nine yards. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't. I. I am. I find it very hard to look past the. I'm. I'm at the point where after this week and the. We figure out what's going to go on with the Dolphins. Then I will be interested in what how the rest of the season plays out with everyone else, because um, I know what the Bills have to do 
um, much more clearly. Obviously, in terms of AFC opponents, it's really just the it's really just the Bengals at the end of the season, right? At that point. Yeah, it's the only challenging game. Actually, that's the only game that the Bills will plausibly be an underdog in, or at least only a very slight favorite. And will will matter could matter for for seeding in the sense that Cincinnati obviously playing well right now, and um, you know, and 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 at nine and four, certainly not a team to to kind of forget about, um, as obviously the team that beat the Chiefs last year and then went on to to then lose the Super Bowl to the Rams. So th- it is um, it's uh, five in a row for Cincinnati. Um, so that, that's a dangerous team, but I think that that's the point. I'm not really thinking about them until we get through this, uh, through this Dolphins game. And then I will worry about how the rest of it shakes out. Um, and I'm a fan. So obviously the team I would imagine doesn't, can't even get past the, the Miami. So, yeah. And, and if you want to go Scott's logic here, which I think is good. So you're thinking about playoffs. If you go, oh, and four, you lose out, finish 10 and seven, your playoff odds are 86%. And there's a 1% chance you win the AFC East because other teams crap themselves. Um, if you go 1-3, and three, the lowest your odds are of making the playoffs are 99.9%. And if you beat the Dolphins, if the Dolphins games are one win, it's 100%. But your divisional odds are not great unless, again, it's the Dolphins win. Um, but yeah, then one thing at a, at a time. And then obviously 14-3 and three does it. 13-4. and four, May do it, but if you lose to the Bengals, your chances of getting the first round bye are now 41%. Uh, whereas if you lose one of the other three games, your odds are 55%. So, yeah, it's just going to be interesting. So we'll do Scott's logic and what Frank is thinking, too, of not wanting to look too far ahead or think about other teams. Focus on the Miami game, clinch the playoffs, and then next worry about the AFC East, and then next worry about the bye. Yeah, we can, though. You know what's funny? There's two of you on the screen now. Yes, that's for a very important reason, because I've added my mobile phone to the recording, because there is a good chance I'm going to have to get in the car in a minute here, which is not great. It's oh. Everything's blowing up right now, which is awesome. Um, so do we have this? Uh, any listener questions this week, Paul? Yes, we have one. I will. Uh, Scott and I can can take over more leadership no, no, here can... since uh, things have gone a little crazy. Uh, things have gone I... a little crazy. Everything is fine. I think so anyway, um, but I'm going to keep participating uh, and hopefully you won't be too distracted by my nonsense. All right. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Uh, I will read this question from Steven and you guys can comment. Uh, Bills are 10 and three first in the FC own the tiebreakers yet. It feels like they are struggling. Maybe that stems from all the hype at the beginning of the season. Are they playing below their potential or are expectations just too high? Um, I'll toss this to Scott unless Frank is a particularly good spot to answer this right now before more chaos happens. I will, I will start with, um, it is, a, it has obviously more than one thing. I think it's a good question. I, cause I definitely feel that way. Right. And I will say part of it is part of it's the expectations were high coming into the season. And, and I was the one who said they have to win the Super Bowl this year. So obviously I'm, I'm very much measuring them against my own expectations. Um, so I think that is part of it. Um, but I will say, I don't think that the offense, I think the offense has somehow taken a step back, which is odd. Um, I think we all kind of, you know, I, I think that was the thing based on what we saw last year from McKenzie as the number four guy and the, you know, uh, backup number three guy, um, that he had the talent and was a better choice to be the the, the Beasley going forward and, and that all he really needed to do was to kind of, you know, pick up that that 
special skill that Beasley has of getting open, and he never really did. He hasn't been consistent with his hands. Davis has clearly taken a step back somehow. Um, obviously, a great yards per catch, but just not not consistently getting open and not consistently catching what he is. I don't think that was really foreseen. I think the line hasn't gotten any better and arguably has gotten worse with the injuries. And then I think the only positive is that the run game's maybe a, just a hair more dynamic with, with James Cook in there, um, but he hasn't been showing that consistently. Obviously, we didn't get a lot of him in this Jets game, so th that's a bit of recency bias there, but I think that's part of the, the thing that we haven't seen. And then, you know, Allen, I think, ultimately has had a season that that's, you know, he had some off games last year, you know, like we talked about, the, the, the off November and then kind of beginning to, to round back into form here in December, hopefully, but obviously uh, not a not a super spectacular game this weekend. So I think that's, for me, I think it is the offense. Um, that combines with the Miller injury, um, which just kind of puts a huge, like, boy, we put all our chips in, in the middle on this one, and we got, to mix metaphors, snake eyes on the dice when they came up. Um, and, uh, and, and now we're, 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 we're not, it's, it's, we're not in a, you know, we're, we're counting on people stepping up rather than counting on proven all pro potential, um, you know, on the defensive end and guy who played like it the whole year. So that, I think that contributes to where we are. Yeah. I think that, um, I agree with Scott. I think that there are some of the reasons, I think there's a domino effect that explains some of that. I, I do think that, like, the fact that McKenzie and and Crowder never really materialized as the Beasley replacement is part of the reason Davis doesn't get open. I think that mm. he probably was, you know, and no knock on him because you need people that do this too, but he was a product of, okay, we've got to focus a little too much on this guy underneath, and that's really what lets – Diggs and, and, and Davis get open over the top. Now, Diggs is the kind of receiver that really can do anything. So that's why he sort of had uh, maybe even a bigger season this year than last year because he has absolutely been needed to be. But I think for Davis, his, you know, big skill set is the big bomb. And if you're only getting a couple of chances every game, that's a boomer bust position anyway, you know, to be in. If you're going to get the three or four big, big hits, you know, but if you if you don't have to worry about underneath stuff as much, um, then he's gonna he is not gonna get the same type of production that he got last year. Yeah, I think, and that's are... what that's what I have to say about. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, I think those are both good analyses. I will take a slightly contrarian thing that I, yeah, they may be playing slightly below their potential, but I don't think anyone plays all the way to their potential all the time. They are still have the second best point differential in the NFL plus 124. They still are tied for the second best record in the NFL behind the Eagles who Frank gave a rightful shout out to earlier. They, all these offensive struggles noted uh, do exist. And one you guys didn't mention, but we mentioned you, you'd mentioned earlier in the pod was Dawson Knox's struggles to uh, build on the season last season. He's seemingly taken a step back in addition to uh, Gabriel Davis taking a bit of a step back. But you can also, you know, look at the the bigger picture here. They are uh, ten and three. Everything you mentioned, Stephen. The Bills are ten and three. They are first in the NFC in the AFC, uh, that is, and they they own the the tiebreakers. And that is, there have been struggles. I think the 
the teams around them are are pretty good. You know, the Jets were a battle this year. The whole division is the the very the worst team in the division is probably going to be considered at the end of the year a slightly better than mediocre team, and you've got to play six games against them. You get the Lions, and the, you're the only team that's beaten the Lions since the start of November. You, you know, you're you went up, you lost a flukish game to the the Vikings. So, yeah, the struggles are there. You know, for sure. Um, but I do think maybe our expectations, yeah, were just a bit too high because it's tough to look at a team that on December 15th is 11 and three, 10 and three, excuse me, with a chance to clinch a playoff spot with a win over the Dolphins at home in a snowy, what's seemingly going to be a snowy game and is, you know, really in the driver's seat for the rest of the season. So yeah, they've had struggles, but I think even the 08 Patriots had struggles and, you know, they, they're, I think they're by and large in the big picture playing to their potential, even if there are certain individual players and individual performances that aren't rising to what we had hoped for, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you want to go on to this day in Bill's history next? Yeah, yeah, let's do this Do this day in Bill's headlines. So uh, today Sorry. is December 15th. So we're going to go through and got nine and a half headlines here for us to go through, and we will start with 2021. Bills place linebacker blank on reserve COVID list. It says, while the team can't confirm whether or not a player is vaccinated, blank appears to be based on a recent tweet where he said, appreciate everyone that has reached out. I am asymptomatic. Hopefully a couple negative tests this week, and then I'm ready to roll Sunday. So now this is where you're going through your mental linebacker death chart from 2021. Yeah. I don't remember it being um, Klein. It's not Klein, but Klein's a good guess because he was a linebacker who ended up on the COVID list in early December of last year. However, he was not vaccinated because he ended up missing a couple games. Down the death chart one more notch could get you there. My daughter's guessing Terrell Dodson. Oh, well, your daughter would be correct. Terrell Dodson is, in fact, the answer to this question. Well done. All right. 2020, um, you guys probably won't get this till the hint, but I will do my best to see if you remember this name, which I barely remembered. Bill signed Blank to the practice squad. Blank is a native of Woodland Hills, Pennsylvania, and played his college football at Pitt. The undrafted cornerback has been in the NFL since 2016 and spent time with Buffalo in 2017 and 2018 when he played 26 games for the Bills. Hmm. Not a nobody. Played in 26 games. Yeah, yeah, he was active. He didn't start any of them. He was mainly death, but he did play some games at cornerback. He was mainly on special teams, but he was he was out there. It's not Reggie Corner, right? It is not Reggie Corner. This would be post corner, a post corner corner, if you will. And and also you would have remembered him as the right, of course. Um, so here's the hint I will give so we can avoid uh, dead air on the first name I would recommend thinking of your favorite French aristocrat aristocrat or aristocrat if you prefer uh, Freemason and military officer who fought in the American Revolutionary War and for the last name I think of a former Bill uh, who substituted as head coach for Marv Levy for three games in the 1995 season uh, whose son also played for the Bills and is currently a CBS announcer 
I'm going to go with uh, French attacker Mbappe. <laughs> Keelan, Keelan Mbappe. Um, uh, let's see. I so um, are we so for the the arist the aristocrat aristocrat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so uh, is it is it uh, so is it is it are you talking about the Marquis de Lafayette or are you talking about Rochambeau? I am talking, in fact, about the Marquis de Lafayette. Oh, Lafayette Pitts? Lafayette Pitts. We got there, guys. Nicely oh done. The Pitts would have been, of course, like... Elijah Pitts, who was a Bills coach for almost 10 years and filled in for three games for uh, Marv Levy, and his son, Ron, who is a Bills uh, player in the secondary in the mid to late 80s and now is an announcer for CBS. So, all right. I'm proud of you guys. All right. 2018. Bill's QB blank has cleared concussion protocol. The veteran QB had been participating in practice on a limited basis for several weeks, but was not cleared to play in any games. That changed Friday, yet McDermott would not commit to blank or Matt Barkley as he back up to Josh Allen Sunday when his team plays the Lions. Did Nathan Peterman get a concussion? It was not Peterman, uh, but this was actually the guy who finally, finally replaced Peterman uh, on the roster. He is a veteran. He is known for playing in one of the worst games in Bill's history, though he played for the other team. He was the winning quarterback for that Ooh, team. It's the, it's the Cleveland guy, Derek Anderson. Yep. Derek Anderson. Yes. Good job, Frank. All right. 2016. Blank on Bill's coaching hot seat. I want to fight for Rex. For me, I want to fight for Rex, guard blank said Wednesday. I want to go out there and get wins and keep him around here. For me personally, it's like a challenge. The challenge has been accepted. There's this bad sentiment out there, and if it's true or not, I can directly impact the outcome, and that's by playing well and playing on a consistent basis and leading this team. Uh, this did not work for this guard as Rex Ryan was fired within three weeks. I, I feel like the only guard that would go out of his way to, to, to protect Rex Ryan has to be Richie Incognito. And again, Frank's instincts prove absolutely correct. That is, in fact, the guard who did go out on a limb to fight for Rex Ryan. So, all right. 2014, Blank says Buffalo Bills were playing for Terry Pagula and Doug Marone. It was just a big, happy feeling, Blank said. Terry, he believes in us. He tells us that all the time, every time we see him, I was just happy and everybody, it was one big party. It was just my way of saying thank you and we appreciate him. We fighting for him, the whole city of Buffalo, and we just have to keep it going. Uh, this is a running back who was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in the sixth round of the 2010 draft out of Mississippi State University, who spent four seasons with the 49ers and two with the Bills. What was the year again? 2014. So your primary back then would have been uh, would have been just before Shady. So I think yeah, you're looking at Jackson and CJ were your primary backs, but they both got hurt. So this guy got some significant playing time. I will give a the a hint. I think will get you guys to this one. For the first name, think of a male obsession, and for the second name, think of Daryl's last name on The Walking Dead. Sex, woman, shot. 
That was where I was going to, but I couldn't remember Daryl's last name. Um, yeah. Um, I bet you if you uh, if I gave you Daryl's last name, you definitely get the first part of this. Uh, so Daryl's last name on The Walking Dead. He had his brother Merle. It was Daryl Dixon. Oh, Booby. Booby Dixon. Antonio Booby Dixon. <laughs> Yep, good old Anthony. All right. 2011. Blank's contract extension covers three years. The contract extension between the Buffalo Bills and right tackle Blank will cover three years, according to the Buffalo News. The extension comes nearly one year to the day that Blank first joined the Bills, who signed him on December 14, 2010, as a free agent. Blank has previously played for the Denver Broncos and Oakland Raiders, originally signing with Denver as an undrafted free agent in 2005 out of Colorado State. I can't thank this organization enough for believing in me and giving me a real opportunity, Blank said. I look forward to building on what I've done and continuing to get better. Mike Gandy? No, no, but good guess. He was right around the same time. I will say this, of all the Bills' stupid contracts for offensive linemen, this ended up being not bad. He battled some injuries in 2012 and only played and started in seven games. But then he started 16 games at right tackle in 2013 and 16 games at right guard in 2014. So he ended up uh, playing out his contract. He ended up playing 57 games over parts of five years with the Bills. Eric Pierce. Eric Pierce. Good job, Scott. All right. A couple more to go here. A few more to go. 2007, Bills plays safety blank on injured reserve list. Starting free safety blank's season is over after the Bills placed him on IR today less than a week after he broke two ribs. Blank becomes Buffalo's 14th player to be placed on the season-ending list this year. Buffalo has won six of its past eight games to climb into the AFC race and is preparing for a critical showdown at Cleveland on Sunday. Blank was hurt when he was trying... When he was hit hard trying to catch a short kickoff late in the first quarter of a 38-17 win over the Dolphins uh, after he'd scored a touchdown earlier in the game, he spent two days in the hospital. Is this Jairus Bird, maybe? No, not Jairus Bird. Not a bad guess because he was a safety with the Bills, I think. Well, maybe he came in 08, but yeah, this was within one year of him being the Bills' free safety. I think this one will help. Blank. Formerly a receiver, took over at free safety in week five after starter Co Simpson broke his ankle and backup Jim Leonard missed three games with a calf injury. Huh. So he was a wide receiver with is the it, Bills. Ended up having it, to start uh, his Freddie first career. What's that, Freddie Scott? Smith? Was it fast, Freddie Smith? Did he switch? Nope, nope. He was, uh, though I think they did try and convert him at one point. Um, yeah, so that's not a bad guess. Uh, he His first career start, in fact, his first career series was on October 8, 2007 on Monday Night Football when he intercepted Tony Romo and returned it for a touchdown. And again, that was his first ever series in the NFL on defense. We're not waiting for me to guess, are we? Uh, no. Okay. All right. I'll give the answer. You'll you'll kick yourselves a little bit. It's George Wilson. Oh, he was a wide receiver. George Wilson. Yeah, started as a wide receiver for, he was their... Wide receiver, I think it was like the six or seven guy even on the depth chart in 06. And then they're finally like, you know what? You're not going to move up this depth chart. So try safety. And he did. And he played in the league for six years. So, hey, not bad. Yeah. All right. 2003, Titans hold off Bill's rally, earned tough 28-26 to victory. 
Buffalo had mm. one last chance to force overtime when Drew Bledsoe drove the Bills 81 yards in nine plays before finding Mark Campbell and a six-yard TD toss with 24 seconds left. But blank. Drop the two-point conversion. You yep. did this question a month ago for some reason. And, I did. It was not the same game. It was, it was one where this, this guy was the answer, and I brought oh, up this game it. because this is what he's most known for. Oh, damn it. Well, you're I'm thinking not get it. this this guy did have some interesting quotes where he said it was good. The only time the ball came out was when I tried to raise my hand to show that I had it. The whole time I was sliding, I had the ball. How can the official call it incomplete when I lost it when I'm showing him I had it? And even Titans linebacker Keith Bullock said it was real close. I'm not certain at all. I'm glad I didn't have to make the call. Bobby something. Yes, yes. Bobby, Bobby Shaw. Bobby Shaw. Nice yes. job, Frank. All right. Bobby Good. Shaw will never be free. He will join the Robert Foster. No, I'll Eugene. forget him. If you ask this question next year, I'll forget him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 2004 Bills named to the Pro Bowl. That's it. Good luck. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you positions. Uh, guard, wide receiver, defensive tackle, linebacker. What year again? 2000. 2000. Moving okay. Down. What'd Moving you say? What's that, Scott? Down. He said Ruben, Ruben Brown, Brown is the guard. There's okay. one. Um, Eric Moulds. Eric Moulds is the wide receiver. That's two. Pat Williams. Ooh, Pat Williams is not the defensive tackle in this case. Guy who Sam. played alongside Pat. Not Sam Adams. He Kevin wasn't Reed. there yet. Right. Right before Sam got there. Kevin Reed. Not, not Kevin. He was with Minnesota. <laughs> uh, big, giant, giant man. I think he made at least two Pro Bowls with the Bills. Where do I live, guys? D.C. Yes. Uh, Wash- Ted Washington. Ted Washington, yes. Okay. Ted, D- Ted D.C. Mm-hmm. That would have been All right. great. And then uh, Sam, well, well, wait, Coward and Rogers. Yes, yes, you got you got it. Don't even, Coward, don't even Sam hit Coward. Scott. It is Sam Coward is the fourth bill who made the Pro Bowl. All right, good job. Last one here. Uh, these are two transactions that were listed in the New York Times. One was from 1997 and one was from 1994. Let's see if you can knock these out quickly. 1997, Buffalo Bills announced the retirement of wide receiver blank effective at the end of the season. Andre Reed? Not Andre. He played for a couple more years. James Lofton. Not Lofton. Don Don't Beebe. let wide receiver throw you. He was a wide receiver. Steve Tasker. Steve, Steve Tasker, Tasker, though. Largely go. known for special teams play. And the last one, New York Times had a transaction list from 1994. Bill signed blank quarterback to their practice squad. Uh, Alex Van Pelt. Alex Van Pelt. Hey. I knew you guys are going to take some thinking, so... That was a, that was pretty impressive today, guys. Some uh, some, some George Wilson related issues and some Booby Dixon uh, hints needed, but otherwise, this was an excellent job for this day in Bills headlines for December fifteenth. The nice thing is when it's bad, it's always fun. Yes. Um, also, December fifteenth was the was the day after or the actual day of that we went to the Pittsburgh actual game. Di- actual in, day of, yeah. With in Google Pittsburgh Photos City. Taking photos that day, so yeah, it was a fun day. In Pittsburgh City, as we we dubbed it on the yeah. Carcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of made it to the internet. Um, the Bills are seven to seven and a half point favorites over the Miami Dolphins. That includes injuries. 
of Jordan Phillips still out with that shoulder injury he did to himself and Ryan Bates with the ankle injury. Um, but there is no designation for Matt Milano, who had a limited practice again uh, just today um, and didn't practice earlier in the week. He is on the on the uh, just get him ready for the game day plan. Ed Oliver has a pectoral uh, problem, but he was full participant the last couple of days, so he's part going. And Reggie Gilliam with an ankle injury, but he was also full and ready to go. Uh, Mitch Morse with an elbow issue is also ready to go. So the Bills are largely getting the people that they want to play to play. Um, I, that's about as good as you can you can hope for, really, kind of given the state of things. Um, and, and, you know, a perennial substitute teacher, Mike McDaniel, sort of says he's not going to worry about the, the Bills' weather. Uh, it, it looks like it will be cold and snowy. Um, there is some counter thought that this might help the Dolphins because I don't know why, but... Um, I think the Dolphins were have been exposed the last couple of weeks. Again, they played a, a, a semi good team um, in in the in the Chargers, and again they lost. And it seems like if you take away the middle, Tua gets frustrated pretty quickly. And you know, Tariq Hill should get MVP votes. I think he's outstanding. But other than that, they sort of they also played very well on the defensive line. You know, but that some of that was certainly uh, the Charger offensive line. The, the Dolphins got home late, had only two days of practice, and now will be leaving for Buffalo um, very shortly to play a game in the cold. And I'm going to turn to Scott first. Scott, what do you think is going to happen against the Dolphins? I think the Bills I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously nervous. Uh, you know, I think the thing that, that concerns me most about Miami is the defensive line that, that obviously is pretty good with well, I mean, the defensive line front seven with Jalen Phillips, obviously now with Chubb um, that they brought in, um, has some other uh, talent on there that eludes me at the moment. Um, you know, the, the secondary is not not terrible either. But I think the the thing that's um, – the offense doesn't scare me a ton. Um, I think the – just like Raquan Davis, Emmanuel Ogba, um, Christian Wilkins, former Bill Justin Zimmer um, – on that uh, on that defense for Miami, as well as Melvin Ingram, gosh, they got a lot. Um, so that's uh, that's that's not that's not great. Obviously, still has. Um, I think they still have both. They still have some decent guys. They have Howard and Jones in the secondary, though. I think they've lost a step um, and and aren't really playing kind of as well as they have been or they're injured. I forget what. But basically, I think that said, um, the the Bills. Um, actually have a better run offense in this case than Miami does, um, whether that's Allen or the actual, the, the backs involved, um, so to speak, uh, with, with Cook and Singletary, um, you know, Raheem Mostert, Miles, Gaskin, um, you know, Jeff Wilson, you know, the kind of old San Francisco uh, run offense from a couple years ago, except minus the guy who made it all work, Colin Kaepernick, um, or, or uh, the guy who was confident not to make it work. Um, anyway, the um, I think the Bills will win. the The snow and the wind and the cold does kind of concern me in terms of an overall score, but I think again that does cut both ways. So I would probably put this at about a a Bills twenty twenty four Dolphins seventeen. I'll say twenty four twenty four seven. 17, I think. 17. Oh, 17. Okay. All right. I was like, that was pretty... Okay. But yeah, no, 24-17 works too. 
Right. Um, first what do you I, think, Paul? Yeah, kudos to me uh, for saying 22-11 Bills last week. I was yes. so close to getting the final score right. Didn't get the score got me. Um, and yeah, someone's that got to be that guy. I've got Miami in this one. Uh, I think that... You bitch. Yep. Someone's got to do it. Uh, I do have concerns that with the the weather uh, being the way it was, and it's definitely I have that Patriots game from last year in my head. I think the Dolphins pass game can go from maybe mediocre the last few weeks to less than mediocre, but I think it's going to make the Bills uh, lose some of that, uh, you know, some of the, the good things they can do in the pass game. Scott brings up the Bills actually have a better run game than the Dolphins. I would agree with that. I still worry about Dorsey maybe – leaning too heavy into whatever game plan he has because he's made some rookie mistakes. Maybe they go a little too pass heavy. We see the Dolphins rush and some Bills issues on the offensive line lead to some some strip sacks or some sacks and some you know some turnovers that can happen there. I think this is going to be one of those fluky-ass games that we're going to be uh, yelling at each other about on the uh, podcast next week. Uh, also, uh, not mentioned, we'll be watching this game, uh, a game together for the first time in three years. That's not a good omen. So... I'm going to, let's hope I'm wrong here, but I've got Miami 21 and Buffalo 18. So you've now ruined my Saturday night and the Bills <laughs> lost because now I just have that to look forward to. Like I'm going to go out and watch it with you two for the first time in a couple of years. And, uh, and yeah, that's going to be a shit show. I think that the Bills can win. I think the Bills will win. I think that the key to the Bills winning is not yet on the roster. I think it will be Cole Beasley. I'm excited to see six or seven catches for Cole Beasley. I think that's going to be the difference. Um, I can't in good conscience look at the Dolphins and say that they can win this ugly-ass game in Miami a few months ago that really they shouldn't have won. Okay, I'm sticking to my guns on that. And and then turn around and say at home um, where they're scuffling, I, I think that you know the Bills are going to be in, in a better position. I think the Bills have adjusted their play i think the bills have found i hate to say cliches like this but they have found ways to win i I think that includes running the ball more i don't really think that i still don't believe in tua tagaviola i'm sorry i think he's at best going to be alex smith i think that's even a stretch for him i think that is really clear that he does a couple of things well and i think that the bills are onto those couple of things i think there's lots of tape on him uh, scuffling in the last couple of weeks, I think the Bills can replicate a lot of what they the char what specifically the Chargers did. I think they can replicate that. You know, I I don't you know all they have to do is stop uh, Tariq Hill from getting like six touchdowns. To be honest, I think that you know going the other way, I would expect the Bills to have a few more wrinkles, and I think that there might just be a morale boost. Who knows? Maybe everybody just feels better having Cole Beasley in the in the in the thing, but it'll be a cold. Saturday night game at home in front of a good crowd. I think that, you know, this McDaniels team hasn't had to play in a Buffalo uh, primetime game yet in Buffalo. And so I think I think some of that stuff will start to add up. I think I got the Bills. I got the Bills 28 to 20 or no, I'm sorry, not 28 to 20, 28 to 16. Um, It'll be a little bit bigger than 28 to 20, 28 to 16. And, you know, I, I, I can't rule out, you know, Tariq Hill. You know, if he gets his hands on the football, anything can happen. I think that is for sure. Um, I think there's just a level on which you got to accept that. And then the rest of the game, to me, you know, they control the other aspects of the game. I think they're they're going to be in good shape. So with that, uh, we'll do that. We'll keep an eye on some of the other out-of-town scores. We will record again 
sometime next week. Um, if they do lose, uh, I'm sorry, but we can never watch a football game together again. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. Uh, if you'd like to tell us that we were wrong in the first place to watch a football game together, you can do so MNY Bills on Twitter. Or um, that's really the only way we check it all anything anymore. So go ahead and do that. But in the in the interim, go ahead and tell your friends to listen. And thank you so much for listening tonight. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>